Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoy the review that you're about to hear. If you do, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button and you'll continue to get all of my reviews downloaded into your podcast player on what would normally be a mostly daily basis. However, I am on vacation and my girlfriend graciously allowed me to catch a movie and also bring this review to you and she also watched the movie with me so what a great girlfriend she is the legend of tarzan is the film review i'm going to be reviewing it's an action adventure pg-13 rated for sequences of action and violence some sensuality and brief rude dialogue the runtime is an hour and 49 minutes the cast includes alexander skarsgård as tarzan Margot Robbie as Jane, Christoph Waltz as the main nemesis, Samuel L. Jackson is an ally of Tarzan, and Jimon Hansu is the perhaps good guy, perhaps bad guy, depending on how you look at it. Uh, the director is David Yates, and the screenplay is by Craig Brewer and Adam Kozad. Now, obviously, if you know your Tarzan, you know that any property based on Tarzan is based on characters created by Edgar Rice Burroughs from his books. Alexander Skarsgård is the star. He's playing John Clayton III of Greystoke Manor. He's an earl who lives comfortably in London during the Victorian era when we first meet him in the movie. He has a past that has made him something of a legend. He was once orphaned and raised by apes, so the legend goes, until adulthood. Margot Robbie is his current wife, Jane, who was once saved by Tarzan while she was exploring through the jungles of the Congo. And soon afterward, they entered into a steamy relationship with the then-feral man who would soon come to learn the customs and the language of a proper English gentleman. And he ended up abandoning his former life in the jungle for a more civilized one in Britain. Christoph Waltz here, he emerges as the main nemesis to Tarzan. He plays Captain Leon Rahm. He's an emissary from the floundering Belgian regime, and he has been sent by the king to the Congo in the late 19th century in order to propagate, by any means necessary, the extraction of valuable diamonds from the mostly tribal lands, which they've also sought to colonize for further exploitation. Chief Mabonga, played by Jima Hansu, he is one of the powerful heads of those tribes, and he agrees to give Rom the riches he's seeking if the Belgian is able to secure Tarzan to him. To fulfill his part of the bargain, Rom entices Clayton to return to his former stomping grounds, ostensibly for humanitarian purposes. In tow are his wife Jane and a U.S. envoy to the region named George Washington Williams, played by Samuel L. Jackson. He's out to thwart what he feels is the continued enslavement of Africans of the region. When Rom kidnaps Jane in order to bring Clayton out into the open, the latter finds himself having to use his old skills of the jungle to bring down powerful forces, seeking to upend all that he has come to hold dear in this world, and he'll do it as Tarzan, the man of legend. Now, David Yates, he's the director of this film. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he directed the last four Harry Potter films that were critically and commercially successful. He helms this would-be new franchise, and... I don't know that it's going to continue on beyond this first movie, personally, but although Tarzan's been made many times before in a very wide variety of formats, from film to television to radio shows, this one is promising to be the biggest budgeted extravaganza yet. You've never seen Tarzan on this scale. It has vivid, realistic digital environs. It has fully CG animal characters. There's plenty of costumes, both in 
Victorian England as well as in the jungle. There's a lot of effects, big explosions. Now, some of the references within the course of the film are a bit meta because it's trying to placate old school Tarzan fans. You get the Tarzan yell. Uh, you get the me Tarzan Eugene references that are tossed in kind of as a wink and a nod to those people who have enjoyed Tarzan in previous formats. But I do think that the legend of Tarzan is looking for a new generation of fans to draw in. So this is more of a modern leaning reboot. Now, the biggest trouble with gaining that younger audience comes from what I feel to be premise fatigue. Because just in the last year of the release of Tarzan, we've already had similar films where boys are raised in the wild. In films like The Jungle Book, just recently by Disney, and we had The Good Dinosaur, Pixar Disney, just last year. And, you know, this premise is going to be featured again in the upcoming remake of Pete's Dragon. So there's no shortage of this premise going on. Now, the makers of The Legend of Tarzan attempt to sidestep this problem somewhat by concentrating more on the Clayton character as an adult and has only brief flashbacks to his early days being reared by a family of gorillas. So you don't see a lot of that child rearing and that and him learning the ways of the apes as you would in some of these other recent movies so you know he learned harmony with the ways of life of the jungle but we get just little snippets of that here and there it's not really the main thrust of the movie now alexander skarsgård he's a bit of a blank as tarzan he does have that chiseled body he obviously worked out a great deal over the course of months prior to the filming of the movie. Although it is kind of curious that despite being over a decade removed from the jungle gym, so to speak, he hasn't been living as an ape for, you know, over 10 years. So why he has this chiseled body still in Victorian England, I don't know. He must work out incessantly. But he he does have a very handsome physical presence for the role. However, I don't think he has a lot going for him in this film, in the charisma department, that makes him stand out among those many, many actors who've played the titular character since the silent era of Hollywood. Margot Robbie, she's mostly relegated to being mere eye candy in various states of bondage for some reason in this film. She's the perpetual damsel in distress, despite her protestations that she's not a damsel in distress. She's not just that to her captor. And she does have a couple of perfunctory scenes in which Jane attempts to be more aggressive and clever than she usually has been in the past Tarzan features. And yet, you know, I, I think that's just paying lip service to those people who would criticize the film. Speaking of paying lip service to those people who criticize the film, Samuel Jackson. He fares a little bit better in a role that allows him to give the film a modicum of comic relief. He gets to kick some butt, but I think his purpose in this film is to stem the tide of criticism of the racial stereotypes that have plagued previous incarnations of Tarzan on the screen, where people of color are saved by their white savior and... You know, here we have Samuel Jackson's character to try to keep those criticisms at bay. And I can't complain about it because Samuel Jackson is probably my favorite part of this movie. He he brings a lot of that charisma that is thoroughly lacking from so much of the rest of the cast. Christoph Waltz, he's not a detriment in the role, but I think that The Legend of Tarzan continues to prove my assertion that no one has been able to capitalize on Christoph Waltz's strengths as an actor outside of Quentin Tarantino. This is just another missed opportunity to draw out those things about Christoph Waltz that make him somewhat special as an actor. He's a two-time Oscar winner, and yet, 
you would never guess it by the kinds of performances that he's asked to give in films like The Legend of Tarzan. You know, in this movie, he's only some facial hair away from being the kind of mustache-twirling villain that has been a staple of such films since Tarzan first appeared on the big screen in his heyday. But perhaps the biggest liability of The Legend of Tarzan lies in its script, or at least how that script is used during the production. There's very little build-up to the Clayton-slash-Tarzan character to make us care for him, you know, we already know that he's Tarzan. The ambiguity of the early scenes of the film that strives whether Clayton is indeed that legend that has been known about him as Tarzan since his absence from the jungle, it's never really in doubt, at least for us. We just know it's going to come. At some point, he's going to swing on the vine yet again. So when we finally see the character grab that vine and swing through the jungle, we should be digging our fingers into our armrests and exhilaration and maybe a lot of nervousness. But the story never quite strives for trying to induce awe so much as trying to build a generic nature versus industry plotline for Tarzan to eventually become the savior of the animals and the native peoples of Africa in the face of those who seek to exploit or exterminate them. Now, had this been the main theme of the picture, perhaps we could give the film credit for trying to deliver an important message or a discussion-worthy topic underneath it all, but the makers of The Legend of Tarzan merely see the ecological conflicts as something to bring forth Tarzan to action, and an easy means to be on his side, little more than that, is developed in this script. So, although the, all of the elements are here for a rip-roaring adventure, the uninspiring direction by Yates and the rather pedestrian script from Brewer and Kozad and what ends up being a rather uncharismatic lead performer in Alexander Skarsgård, it relegates The Legend of Tarzan to the kinds of forgettable spectacle features that summer movie releases are already chock full of at the multiplex. You know, we've had old-timey reboots in the theaters just in the last few years. They were popular in the mid-20th century. Somebody had an idea, let's bring that back to the big screen, and yet they fail to connect with today's audience. I mean, all you have to do is look for another Edgar Rice Burroughs property in recent years, Disney's attempt at bringing back John Carter of Mars to the big screen in John Carter. And then you look at Tim Burton's take on The Lone Ranger recently. All of these characters were big on radio and on television and on and in movies back in the day. They've been dormant for a long time. People have tried to bring them back periodically, and they never really seem to work for whatever reason. And I don't think that The Legend of Tarzan is going to give you that new, that fresh take. They attempt to make an update to Tarzan here, but he's just as dull a character as that which we would get from every other blockbuster effort in 2016. You know, there's something about it that seems like nobody really, really wanted to bring this to the screen. But it's a property that's out there. It's public domain. They don't have to pay money for it, and it's known. So why not just throw it out there? You know, take a flyer, throw some money on the screen, and maybe people will come see it. I don't think that it's going to work out the way that they planned here. But despite lots of money that is splashed across that screen, Tarzan, he just doesn't manage to proverbially swing into fast-paced action. He's content to just climb a tree and just sit there, expecting the lush environments and those CG animal forms to captivate us enough to look beyond just another day in the jungle for Tarzan. I'm giving The Legend of Tarzan two and a half stars out of four. And two and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that it had the creative talent, it had the actors to actually make for a winning film. It doesn't get it all together. Everything seems a bit lifeless and uninspired. And we've seen a lot of this stuff before, not only in previous Tarzan releases, you know, and we have those recent films that have capitalized on a lot of the same ideas. 
it just doesn't feel very fresh or new or innovative. And, you know, whatever kernel of creativity that somebody wanted to bring to the screen, it doesn't translate at all. It just feels like a perfunctory summer release. It, it never seeks to be anything beyond that. So two and a half stars is the best I can give The Legend of Tarzan. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. I do encourage you to click the subscribe button if you haven't already, and you'll continue to get all of my reviews downloaded into your podcast player. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes or any place else where you can leave a review, the best way that you can show your support is to leave a review for others to read. The Quipster Film Review Podcast is the name of the show. I also want to remind you that you can read all of my written reviews at my website, quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net is where to go.